In its 41 years of existence, the Southeastern Guide Dogs Organization in Palmetto, Florida, has created over 3,000 human guide dog pairs. In 2006, they launched their program to help veterans. One of the first things you learn if you take a tour of their facilities is, quote, we rely 100% on private donations. No government money is involved. Titus Herman, CEO of Southeastern Guide Dogs, has led the organization since 2008. We asked him to tell us their story. Titus Herman, back in 2008, and you were offered the job to run the Southeastern Dog Guide Dogs operation. Why'd you take the job? Um, I took the job for three reasons. At that time, I was living in Atlanta, and I'm not a big fan of the cold. I love heat. So I noticed that Southeastern Guide Dogs was located in Florida, and so that was that was one. Two, I saw that Southeastern Guide Dogs helps people, and I'm really passionate about helping people. And three, I saw that it's about dogs. And of course, I absolutely love dogs, and that was a winning combination. And I'm really glad that I accepted the position because it has changed my life. And, um, and what we do here at Southeastern Guide Dogs is really magical and transformative. When you read reviews of your organization, it's hard to find a negative. I think I read 250 reviews and I saw three negatives and they were all personal and problems that the individuals had. Why do you get so much praise? Well, um, thanks to the generosity of our donors and volunteers, our extraordinary dogs transform the lives of people with vision loss, volunteers, or excuse me, uh, veterans, and children throughout the United States, all at no cost to the recipients. And what these dogs do for people is extraordinary. And I think that people see that um, and are drawn to our mission and want to be part of it. How many dogs at any given time are on your property? So right at this moment, Southeastern Guide Dogs takes care of over 1,200 dogs. Not all of them are here on our campus. About 200 plus dogs and puppies are here right now. And then we have another 300 plus dogs in volunteer puppy raiser homes throughout the United States. And then we also uh, take care of more than 600 active working guide dogs and service dogs, again, across the country. What really caught my attention is when you take a tour of your place, which I did a couple weeks ago, one of the first things you learn is we don't have any government money in this place. Why do you tell people that right away and what difference does it make? Well, we take great pride in um, offering our dogs and our services completely free of charge. And we, we can do that because of the generosity of private donors, individuals, foundations, businesses, corporations. Um, these are individuals who want to make a difference in the world, uh, foundations that want to help us change the world for the people that we help. And we are really blessed to be able to do that with help of those who care.
Can you give us any donor stories about why people do give you money to make this happen? Yes, um, it's very simple. They can see and they can touch the results of their generosity. Um, you know, I was I was speaking with um, a volunteer the other day who said, well, you know, it's really easy for me to see the impact of my donations. All I have to do is attend one of your commencements and I could say, mission accomplished, mission accomplished, mission accomplished. Of course, referring to the teams, the graduating teams that attend these commencements. Um, we have classes of, um, of people coming here throughout the year and at the conclusion of their training, we hold a, a nice um, lunch event where we celebrate their accomplishments and we invite staff, donors and volunteers to attend. And they get to see the impact of their work, of their contributions and of, of their volunteer service. And that is why they support us because they can see and they can touch the impact of their kindness. How many ex or even current military people get a dog from you? So we place about 40 to 50 dogs every year with veterans and military families. Um, but once you come here to Southeastern Guide Dogs and you train with your new dog and then you graduate and go home, we continue to provide you with ongoing support and care. We ensure that your dog can receive completely free of charge, high quality dog food, uh, monthly preventatives, vaccinations, and veterinary care. And so that means that we continue to, to support you throughout your journey. And we currently have more than 200 veterans who, um, who are thriving and who are living independent lives because of their dogs and because of our donors and volunteers. I know you do a lot more than service people, but give us an example of what somebody in the service-connected uh, world would have to do to get a dog. What is, what's the process look like? The first step would be to go to our website, guidedogs.org, and click on Get a Dog. And then we walk you through every step of the application process. Uh, we strive to make it easy. Um, we outline the criteria that are required for you to qualify for a dog. Uh, once uh, your application has been completed, we will come and visit you in your home to make sure that uh, we fully understand your needs and um, so that we can personalize the training of a dog for you. And then once we have identified the right dog, um, we invite you to class. Um, and you come here to our campus where you get to stay in one of your, our beautifully appointed rooms. We have chefs who prepare your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we have expert trainers who ensure that you immediately start to bond with that dog and learn how to become a team. How much does the service person uh, having the say so of what dog they get. We listen to uh, to their needs. Uh, you know, sometimes um, we've heard stories of of uh, of one of our clients requesting a very large 
black dog, for example, and they ended up with a medium-sized yellow dog. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, they will acknowledge that we are pretty good at creating perfect matches. Um, and so we listen and oftentimes we um, we're able to to provide exactly what the client is asking for. Occasionally, they may not know what is the right dog for them, but our experts do. So how long does it take to train somebody who is service related before they get their dog? So we recently launched our new and one of a kind online university. And once you have completed your application and you have been accepted into our program, we will immediately enroll you in this online university where we provide you with everything you need to know before you come to our campus. Um, generally speaking, that course can be completed in 60 to 90 days. Um, and we have um, developed a, a world-class curriculum. We offer uh, this information and education in multiple formats, for example, text, video, audio, animation, live online learning, as well as learn at your own pace. And we quiz you along the way to make sure that you've mastered all of the content. Um, and the purpose for this is to really prepare you for success. And I believe that um, we're, we're going to see people arriving here with a high level of confidence, um, a high level of knowledge and expertise, and they're going to be able to now focus on bonding with their dog and training with their, their dog instead of having to absorb all of the basics that um, we now offer to you before you come to our campus. How long does a dog stay with uh, one of your clients? So um, if you're coming here to get a, a, a service dog, you, you'll generally stay here about 11 days. If you're coming here to train with a guide dog, you're gonna be here about 21 days. But the learning continues, it's lifelong learning, and we ensure that um, we're gonna be with you every step of the way, even after you go home. And in fact, that's why we have an entire team of trainers who do nothing but travel all around the country visiting our graduates to make sure that um, they continue to work successfully as teams. So where did the dogs come from? They refer, I know on your website you refer to them as elite dogs. What kind of dogs are they and where do they come from? So we work with Labrador Retrievers and they come from here on our campus. In fact, we operate our own breeding colony, uh, but we also do um, collaborate with other major guide and service dogs around the world to ensure that we retain a high level of genetic diversity in our lines. Um, but the reason for that is because we want to ensure that when we place one of these dogs with a veteran, when we place one of these dogs with somebody who relies on this dog for their mobility, um, this dog is going to be a known quantity, a dog with a top-notch pedigree and a dog that has received about two years of and, and thousands of hours, by the way, of, of training, attention, and love. And the way we can ensure that we're giving you the healthiest, best-behaved, smartest 
dog is by creating these dogs through art and through science right here at the Southeastern Guide Dogs campus. How does a, a dog help somebody with PTSD? Um, in many ways, and we, in fact, and I'll give you some examples. Um, one of the things that I'll start with the um, skill that is one of my favorites. It's called the hug skill. And so let's say that you're feeling, you're feeling anxious and you're about to have an anxiety attack or you're feeling hypervigilant. Uh, you ask your dog to give you a hug and the dog could do that in several ways. One is if the dog can literally leap into your lap, providing you tactile stimulation and helping you start to relax. The dog can also place its chin on your knee or on your thigh, and that also creates that instant relief. The dog can also help you navigate social situations. For example, if you're at a teller getting cash or maybe you're uh, in line at your local grocery store, you're going to have your dog watch your back. Now, the dog is not going to bark or be aggressive towards somebody who comes close to you. In fact, the dog will wag its tail, but it'll give you an alert that somebody's behind you, and that way you're not going to be scared or afraid. Um, we can train our dogs to turn lights on and off. We can train our dogs to wake you up when you're having a night terror. Um, if you go home and your house is dark and perhaps you are a little bit anxious about entering it, you can send your dog in and the dog will turn on the lights and allow you to come in and feel safe. Um, but, you know, another overlooked aspect is the companionship and the unconditional love that these dogs give. And that is something that is just extraordinary. And I'm reminded of uh, Bob McPherson, who's one of our graduates, who, who shared with me that his dog, Blue, has learned to anticipate Bob's needs before he can even articulate them. And I'll give you another example. There's a dog named Foley, and he works with um, one of our graduates, um, who's a U US Air Force um, veteran. And uh, one day Foley went into um, Morgan's bathroom and came out with his pills, his pills that he has to take to prevent the onset, onset of migraine headaches. When Morgan gets one of his headaches, it is so severe that he ends up literally having to go to the emergency room. So one day Foley brings his medication um, to Morgan, but Morgan is feeling just fine. And he says, well, um, you know, I, I really don't need this. So he puts the, the pill box back in the bathroom. Well, 30 minutes later, he gets this massive migraine and ends up in the emergency room. Well, since then, um, every time Foley brings him his medicine, Morgan takes it because he knows that will prevent the migraine. We didn't train Foley to do that. Foley learned to anticipate Morgan's needs. And so just like with our people, it is lifelong learning. And these dogs not only learn everything that we've taught them in the first two years of their lives, but they continue to learn and adapt throughout. Why are you located in Palmetto, Florida? And where is that? Uh, we're halfway between Sarasota and uh, St. Petersburg and Tampa. 
And the reason we're here is because that is where Southeastern Guide Dogs has its roots. 40 years ago, um, someone who used to be a snowbird, uh, a man named um, Mr. Miller, thought that it'd be a great idea to to help establish a small guide dog school here in Palmetto, Florida, so that we can um, train dogs that are accustomed to the climate here in the southeast, to the heat, to the humidity, et cetera. And so, and and he had seen another small guide dog school up north, and with help from some local philanthropists, um, he hired a trainer. And in those days, uh, this campus that you saw on your tour the other day was part cow pasture and part orange grove. But there was a small two-bedroom home, and so it all started with that small two-bedroom home, one trainer, and three dogs. And of course, since that time, we have grown and we have evolved and we have placed literally thousands of dogs into the hands of people who need them all around the country. And um, and that is the, the story of how we came to be and why we're here in, in beautiful Palmetto, Florida. How many buildings are on your campus? So we have eight facilities. Uh, these are all state-of-the-art, purpose-built facilities, unlike any other facilities you'll ever see anywhere in the world. Um, but what's the most important thing about these facilities is the magic that happens inside. And I believe you saw some of that magic when you're here for your tour. You know, one of the facilities, our newest facility is called the Canine Fitness Center, and it is a high-end gym for dogs. Uh, did you have a chance to visit it? Yes. And so you saw that um, we have everything from swimming to laser therapy to uh, hydrotherapy tanks um, to even a hyperbaric chamber for dogs. Uh, that that equipment is used to hyperoxygenate the muscle tissue. It helps dogs recover faster from surgeries or recover from other conditions. And it also helps to condition uh, the dogs because these are the Olympic athletes of the canine world. And so we create these amazing dogs by ensuring that we use the state-of-the-art technology and the best training that money can buy. When I was taking the tour, our tour guide was Teresa. <clears throat> That's all I know about yes. her. But she told a story about someone driving down the road, seeing a billboard about the Southeastern guide dogs and drove over to see you and gave you a lot of money. Is that, was that an accurate story? And, and uh, it is. tell us more about that. Yeah, I still remember that happened about um, 12, 13 years ago. Um, his name is uh, Dr. Isaac Barpal. He's a big motorcycle enthusiast, and he was riding his motorcycle in Sarasota. Um, as he was driving south, he noticed a large billboard with a picture of one of our cute puppies. And he was intrigued. He and his wife, Margaret Barpal, love dogs. Um, and so the next thing he does is he picks up the phone and he calls. And he came, they came here, they saw the extraordinary work that's being done here. 
Um, and they thought that it's about time for us to take this campus to the next level. In those days, the campus was much smaller and we were operating out of um, very old and outdated buildings. As an example, my office uh, used to be in the kitchen of that two bedroom home that I mentioned earlier. And the reason I knew that is because every electrical outlet was about you know, three or four feet high. Um, and I think there was even a kitchen, a, a, a sink in there. Um, and of course, although our buildings were old and the kennels were not air conditioned, for example, the team here was doing such an exceptional job of still taking extraordinary care of these dogs. But nevertheless, there was an opportunity for us to to take things to the next level. And he was they were so inspired with what they saw that they wanted to make a difference and they wanted to make a difference in their lifetimes. And so they together with many other very generous donors helped us to renew this campus and create a renaissance here. Anybody listening who wants to see your dogs can get online get on YouTube, get on your website, Southeastern Guide Dogs. Uh, what is a day like for you? What do you do every day? I change the world every day. You know, I, I come to work and, and I see miracles happen, not only in terms of the clients that we serve, but also these dogs touch the lives of Every one of us, every one of us who works here, every volunteer who's here, every donor. Um, I've been here 15 years and I still have to pinch myself when I see the tangible difference that these dogs make. And no, no two days are alike for me. Um, you know, I get to see um, our trainers all around the campus working with our beautiful dogs. I get to see the puppies. Um, I get to see the graduates arrive here for class. And you know, every time they, are, they arrive here, they arrive with a little bit of apprehension and perhaps their heads are a little bit low. And it's so rewarding to see the transformation that happens almost instantly. I remember um, during a class, one of our veterans here told us the second day, he said, you know, this was the first time I was able to sleep for eight hours straight throughout the night and it in 17 years. And it is so rewarding to be able to know that what we do collectively is changing people's lives. And if we can change one life, then we can change the life of an entire family. And if we can change the life of a family, we can change a community. And if we can change a community, we can change the world. And that's what we're doing here. We're changing the world one dog, one life at a time. How many full-time workers do you have? We, have? we have 175 paid employees, and we have over a thousand volunteers who contribute their time and their energy and their enthusiasm and their love every single day if somebody's in florida near palmetto wants to take a tour how do they do that they go to guidedogs.org and they uh, search for tours and we um, enable you to go ahead and make a reservation on our website 
Um, and we are always welcoming people here because this, in fact, is the happiest place on earth. Have you ever had somebody take a tour and say, I want to see Mr. Herman, I want to give him a donation? Oh, absolutely. It happens all the time. Um, and um, every donation, whether it's large or small, makes a big difference. And as I mentioned earlier, that is the lifeblood of what we do. You put on your website your tax returns. You put on there your audits. Why do you do all that? Um, we value transparency. Uh, we subscribe to the highest standards of ethics. And we believe that we owe that to the donors who so freely and generously share their resources with us, with our dogs, and with our um, clients. Have you ever thought about changing your philosophy and asking for some kind of a grant from the federal government? No, not at this time. What's driving that, though? I mean, what is it? Uh, was there somebody in the mix that said, I never want to see government money in this? And for what reason? Well, we're blessed to be able to do what we do with the help of our private donors. And um, thankfully, we can do that. And we're grateful to them for making what we do possible. How hard is it for you to raise money? Well, it's it's never easy, Brian, but um, but nor is it extremely difficult because, as I mentioned before, our donors, our volunteers get to see, feel and touch the impact of their involvement. And so that makes it easy. They they give freely. and. And what's important is we're giving our donors an opportunity to experience something very joyful. Um, and so our donors get something in return. They get, they get, um, they get to see where do their donations go. They get to help people. They get to make an impact. And they get the satisfaction of knowing that they're making a big difference. What's it cost you to run that place for a year? So our current annual operating budget is $16 million. Go back to the dogs. How long does a dog spend with you before the dog leaves with one of your clients? Totally. So we start, training, we start training our dogs when they're literally just two days old. And every single puppy in our puppy academy gets a personalized education plan that is um, going to take them from two days old until about eight weeks of age, where they'll learn all the basics. Um, they'll learn how to um, behave around strangers. They'll, they'll learn how to walk on different walking surfaces. They'll learn how to uh, play nicely with one another. And at eight weeks of age, we place our puppies into the hands of volunteer puppy raisers who then take these puppies home, socialize them, uh, create wonderful exposures uh, to various environments and to various people. 
train them uh, in basic house manners and pour their love and their hearts and their souls into these dogs. And then, Brian, a week, uh, a year later, they bring them back, which is really amazing. Because can you imagine taking home one of these puppies, falling in love with this puppy, giving this puppy a year of your time and, uh, and your effort and then giving it back? So it, it, I have so much admiration and respect for these puppy raisers who make what we do possible. And then once they bring that dog back, um, we work with that dog for an additional six months, uh, providing them with advanced training. And then once the dog is fully trained, we're gonna bring the human uh, into the equation and we'll teach the two how to work together. And then we'll continue to provide ongoing support and training for the remainder of that uh, dog's career. Candidate, well, that's not the way to ask it. How do you become a puppy raiser? You go to guidedogs.org and you apply <laughs> to become a puppy raiser. Uh, we try to make it easy. Um, you know, we'll visit you to make sure we understand um, uh, your your needs and your desires. And then we will provide you not only with that puppy, but with the tools to be successful, which is why we also have an entire team of uh, of experts who provide ongoing care, support, and training to our volunteers, puppy raisers, to ensure that that they're in fact successful. And oftentimes, you know, um, people will ask themselves, "Well, I'm not an expert dog trainer. Can I really be one of your volunteer puppy raisers?" And our short answer is yes. All you need is love. Because if you have that love, we'll give you the tools to couple it with that love and you'll be successful. What kind of a person comes to work for you and what kind of training do they have before they get there? We attract individuals who want to make a difference in the world. Our employees are here because they want to be here, not because they have to be here. And we employ some of the best, most talented trainers, instructors, animal um, scientists that you can find anywhere in the world. Um, but one thing we cannot do, Brian, is we cannot just go out and hire expert certified dog trainers. So as a result, we have to create them. And so we have a, a very thoughtful, very detailed three-year apprenticeship program that you have to complete in order to become one of our trainers, instructors. Um, and that is how we create these exceptional um, people who train, who not only know, need to know how to train dogs, but know how to really educate and help people at the same time. How do you try, what's the difference on how you train a dog to be with a veteran military person and one who is disabled uh, in some way? What's the difference? Most of the people that receive one, uh, one of our dogs has a disability. It could be, um, in many cases, vision loss, of course, or it could be post-traumatic stress or it could be mobility. You know, somebody might be confined to a wheelchair, for example. Um, 
every dog is trained a little differently depending on the needs of the recipient. Guide dogs um, learn certain skills that may or may not be applicable to a service dog and vice versa. And um, every dog receives a high level of personalized instruction and care. But you said earlier that a veteran would only spend 11 days there and somebody with disability would spend 20. What's the difference in their training? Um, a guide dog learns about twice as many skills as a service dog. And that's because really a guide dog is the epitome of the working dog. Um, you know, if, if you're blind and you're going to put your life literally in the hands or in this case, in the paws of a dog, this dog has to be an expert at, at navigating. It, it has to know more things than a service dog. And the handler has to learn more things as well. And so that's why they're here a little longer. You have the black Labradors and the golden Labradors. Which one do you have the m most of? And, and what about people? Do they like one over the other for any reason? Uh, we have about the same, the same number of yellow and black Labradors. Uh, again, the same thing with uh, males versus females. Uh, while some clients request a particular type of dog, most just want a dog that's going to change their life. And there's, we've seen no difference in uh, success rates, graduation rates uh, between dogs, uh, regardless of their gender or their color. By the way, what's a graduation ceremony like? Well, we used to get a complaint. Uh, that complaint was that we didn't have enough tissues. And so, uh, you know, we give each graduating student the opportunity to share a few words. And many of them tell us about their life before the dog and tell us about the things that they look forward to doing with this dog. And these are stories of transformation. Um, they bring all of us to tears. But the good news is that these are tears of joy. And um, no two graduations are alike. Um, there's so many stories that we hear and see. After the two years of training and being with a puppy raiser and all that, how long does a dog stay with the person that they leave your campus with eventually? The average um, working career of one of our dogs is eight to nine years. So the dogs graduate here when they're about two years old, and then they retire when they're about 10 to 11 years of age. Most of our graduates decide to keep their dog um, even after retirement. Of course, as you can imagine, the bonds are extremely strong. Um, occasionally, a graduate may not be in a position to keep the dog, in which case we will find their forever home for them. Uh, but most, most dogs remain with the graduates for life. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Romania. What? <laughs> that's a surprise. What year did you come to the United States? Um, I grew up in Romania for my first 15 years. In, in those days, um, we had a dictator named Nicolae Ceausescu. It was a communist dictatorship. My family and I escaped. Uh, we lived in um, two refugee camps in Austria. 
before a family in Los Angeles sponsored us and brought us here to the United States. Um, and, you know, that experience has inspired me to want to do something for others and to give back. And so my entire career has been spent in the in the charitable sector. Um, and I'm glad because I, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Where did you go to school? I studied journalism at the University of Oregon. Why did you pick that? I think because it was a challenge for me. You know, I didn't speak English when I came to this country. I learned it mostly by watching television shows. Um, and I, I love the Eng English language. Um, I'm very fond of it, and I thought that would be a great field for me. And did you practice what you learned in, the, in your first few jobs? I did, not as a journalist, but my uh, my first few jobs were in com in the communications uh, arena. So my very first job was uh, working as a communications director for the Salvation Army in Oregon. What'd you learn from that experience? I learned that the people in this country are caring and compassionate and want to give back. So obviously, the place that you lead now gets a lot of praise and you're paying your bills and you're not involved in taxpayer money. If you were in front of a class of potential leaders, what would you tell them are the main things that you do as a leader in order to be successful? I would say that the first thing is to craft a thoughtful strategic plan. We did that 15 years ago when I came here to Southeastern Guide Dogs, and we have used this strategic plan as a lens for every decision that we have made. Uh, you know, we, we come across many ideas and we oftentimes ask ourselves, you know, how does this fit in with our strategy? And if the answer is it does fit, then we'll pursue it. And if it doesn't, we won't. The other thing I would say is, you know, dare to dream, dream big, either dream big or go home. And some years ago, before we had all of these advancements here, we we set out to um, to go on a on a very daring journey and we said to ourselves we'd like to become the best service dog organization in the world and in those days of course that was aspirational because um, we had a long ways to go but today we can say that many of the things we do are best in class you know for example southeastern guide dogs is the only service dog organization in North America that ensures that every one of its graduates can receive completely free of charge, not only ongoing training and support, but also dog food, preventatives, veterinary care, et cetera. Southeastern Guide Dogs is the only organization in North America that operates a top of the line, 
online university for its clients, helping them prepare for success. Southeastern Guide Dogs is the only organization in North America that has a purpose-built, state-of-the-art campus where our dogs thrive, learn, and change people's lives. And so we have come a long ways and we're doing all that because we want to make a difference. We want to be there for the people who count on us for, for their uh, lives. When you take a tour, <clears throat> I can remember the guides saying that automobile over there or that van was given to us by, I don't know, I think Subaru was one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. And the, the dog food that uh, the dogs eat here are provided by some big name dog food person. How do you do that? We establish partnerships with um, both with individuals who, um, who want to make an impact, but also with very large national organizations like Subaru like from family pet foods like elenco that helps um helps ensure that we can take extraordinary care of our dogs and of our graduates what's a bad day for you i have to think about that you know i, I don't remember the last time i had a bad day it's hard to have a bad day when there's a dog around you know, I remember one time I was a little stressed. I don't remember why. And um, one of our dogs came and laid atop of my feet. I think the dog sensed that I was perhaps a little anxious and it immediately made me feel better. And you know, Brian, if, if I have a bad day, which again, I don't remember having one, but if I ever did, you know what I do? I would walk down to to see the puppies, and that would be the end of my bad day. 175 employees, how many of them have their own dog? Most of them have more than one dog. Um, I would say the average number of dogs per employee is about three. And we are a bring your dog to work employer. And so on any given day, if you were to walk around this campus, not only would you see our dogs, the dogs that we're training and preparing for their future careers, but you would see all kinds of breeds, small, large, everything from um, Chihuahuas to Great Danes. Um, you know, these are our furry friends, our our friends that make our makes make our lives better. What is the atmosphere among your employees on a day to day basis that you guide them through what is how do you deal with your individual employees what are your what's your philosophy well i will say this and i believe that i can that you've experienced it yourself when you came here the minute you step through the front gates at the southeastern guide dogs campus you immediately feel something special it is tangible and it is special and that, I think, creates an atmosphere where people can thrive. It's a place with joy. It's a place with hope. You know, we say hope starts here. And you can't help but smile and, and feel so proud to know that you're making such a difference in people's lives. Every employee 
has a job to do. And whether you're one of our chefs who prepares meals for our students, or you're one of our canine care technicians who takes care of the dogs that are staying here with us, or whether you're a veterinarian or an instructor, or whether you're helping tell the story, or whether you're helping raise the funds to operate this organization, every single one of our employees makes a big difference and is part of that virtuous cycle. And so if you were to walk around, you're gonna see a lot of smiling faces. And I remember taking someone for a tour, Brian, and we came across several employees and volunteers. They're all beaming and they're all greeting us with enthusiasm. And you know, this, this guest stopped and turned to me and said, what are you giving these people? Are you, are you giving them some kind of a Kool-Aid? He said that, and and it it really is that way, and it's genuine, and you know it's genuine. One of the things that I noticed uh, is the cleanliness of your place, and it, I, you know, we're talking among people that were there. It's cleaner than most hospitals you go into. What's your philosophy of keeping that place that clean? It's hard to describe. I mean, there's just, there's nothing can, out of place except a dog. Yeah, you, you can go in our, you can go in our buildings and you can literally eat off the floor, right? It is that clean. First of all, it's important for the health of our puppies and dogs. And also we want our team members to, to have a workplace that they can be proud of and a workplace that is not only safe and clean, but also enjoyable. And it is part of the magic we wanna create here for everybody, whether you're a, one of our dogs or whether you're one of our staff members or volunteers. And of course, whether you're one of our students. Do you have a five, 10 year plan? And if you do, share with us what you can about what you wanna to add to your institution. The most important thing we wanna do is continue to change people's lives. Um, we do have some plans for the future though. For example, we currently do not have the ability to host large scale events here at Southeastern Guide Dogs. And you know, with 300 plus volunteer puppy raisers, with 300 plus campus volunteers, with so many other volunteers, we'd like to be able to bring people together at an event center, one where we can have an auditorium that seats 250, 300 people. And so that is one of the, the things that we aim to do in the future. But the most important thing is what we've been focused on for the last 15 years, and that is a focus on quality. We, we don't wanna be the biggest, we just wanna be the best. And we know that by focusing on improving every single thing that we do every single day, we will become better and better, and we will be better equipped to provide life-changing, life-saving services to the people who count on us. You may not want to answer this question. I don't know how public it is, but over the years, what's been your largest contribution? Our largest contribution was um, about three years ago. It was a $5 million gift from a couple who live in Lakeland, Florida, who came to us. They were familiar with our operation. And 
they asked me a question. They said, is there something that you'd like to do that you're currently not able to do? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, there is. And that's when I told them about my dream of um, establishing a program that provides ongoing veterinary care and support for our working guide dogs. And so they did that. Um, and that's one of the ways that helped us to launch this, this one of a kind program. We also um, brought in two very generous um, national corporate partners. I mentioned one from Family Foods, Pet Foods, um, who is helping with the food for our graduates and Elanco who helps provide preventatives for them. So, um, you know, oftentimes people come to us and, and help us solve a, a challenge or a problem. As we wrap it up, I have to ask you this, the name Titus Herman, was that what you were born? Is that was your original name or did you change it when you came here? That was my, that's my original name. I, I've had this name my entire life. There's somebody on the internet, by the way, named Herman Titus. I assume you've seen that. <laughs> and it's, it's very confusing. Do you ha still have relatives in Romania? I do not have relatives in Romania and I haven't been back since. Again, if somebody wants to become involved with the Southeastern Guide Dogs operation, what's the best suggestion you can make in all the things we've talked about? I would say take the step to go to our website and see for yourself how your involvement may change somebody's life. We have some amazing videos showcasing our dogs, showcasing our graduates, showcasing our work. And there are many ways to get involved. They're all listed on our website. You know, take a tour, come to one of our Beyond the Dark events where you get to meet and hear our graduates. Um, come to our Unseen Worlds, a very unique experience where you get to, uh, through the use of virtual reality, you get to see what it might be like to be blind where you get to take a blindfolded walk with one of our trained guide dogs. Um, come visit, uh, get involved. We are welcoming you with open arms. Two more questions. Who names the dogs? Our donors name the dogs. And what is your dog? And what's the name of your dog? My dog is named Snoopy. It is, uh, it is not a Labrador retriever. It's because uh, that dog was really for my daughter, and then she went off to college, and guess who gets to take care of Snoopy now? <laughs> um, but uh, she named Snoopy, um, and he is aptly named because he is quite Snoopy. By the way, how many children do you have? Just one. Just one. Thank you, Titus Herman, CEO of the Southeastern Guide Dogs. We appreciate your time very much. Brian, thank you so much for having me, and thanks to all the listeners. Thanks for listening to the Book Notes Plus podcast. Please rate and review Book Notes Plus, and don't forget to follow so you never miss an episode. Questions or comments? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcasts at c-span.org.